Welcome to Damn Good Movie Memories with your host, Ryan Davis. This podcast is the cure for your long commute and super boring work day. Hey there, it's Brian Davis, and welcome back to Damn Good Movie Memories. So for this week, you know we've already covered our famous cities and their the movies they were filmed in. So we did San Francisco, New York, and Chicago. And now we're going to kind of wrap this all up with movies with city names in the title. So that at first, you would think, well, this is kind of a weird topic, and this is difficult, but it really isn't. And there's tons of them, even though I think some of my guests are having a tough time finding movies, but I found a ton. So let's see if I match them or if I'm just I did more research I don't know but usually my my research involves going through my very extensive DVD collection so it's really not that much research anyway let's get this started and in no particular order but before we get into our list we have an iTunes review and it is from Rocket Ride 69 and the title is Wow Just Wow I'm not the biggest movie person on the planet, but you don't have to be to listen to this podcast. Brian and crew bring their own personal spin to a bunch of mainstream movies that I remember watching. Having several different guests with different perspectives keeps the listener engaged. If you are new to this podcast, give these episodes a try. Episode 4, which is uh, favorite movie villains. Episode 27 and 28, which is the favorite 80s movie songs. Episode 36 with buddy cop movies. And episode 61, San Francisco. Bay Area movies. Mr. Brian Davis, keep up the great work. You rock, sir. And that is from Sonny Pooney from the Grown Up Rock podcast. And also, I forgot to mention his partner, Stephen Michael. They do a terrific job on Grown Up Rock, and so definitely check them out. They're a lot of fun, and they have a nice chemistry. So thank you so much, Sonny, and thank you for the support. All right, now let's get into my list for favorite movies with city names in the title. Sleepless in Seattle from 1993. This is a modern classic for romantic movies, and though it borrows a bit from Affair to Remember, which was actually a remake of Love Affair, it's still unique enough to stand the test of time on its own. Also, this is the movie that will forever link Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan together. Yes, in spite of Joe versus the Volcano. So while Sleepless in Seattle is definitely geared towards a female audience, I personally find it appealing to anyone who's looking for that certain person that you really connect with. No matter who you are or what you're into, there will always be that inherent need to share your life with someone else. That certain someone is out there somewhere, maybe even at the Empire State Building. Next is Beverly Hills Cop from 1984. This is by far my favorite Eddie Murphy movie, though I do enjoy Coming to America a lot. But what's most interesting about the development of Beverly Hills Cop is the producers originally intended the movie to be a Sylvester Stallone film and make a serious action flick. Stallone had a variety of ideas of how he envisioned the movie, and it was deemed too expensive to make by Paramount. Obviously, everything turned out okay because the change of the film to an action comedy worked out the best and Eddie Murphy was the perfect actor for the role as he had already had action movie experience with 1982's 48 Hours. There are so many funny scenes and memorable lines in this, but my buddies and I used to mimic uh, the scene where uh, they're in the strip club and he's like, Hey, what's happening, Phil? Hey, Philip, give me a kiss. Get it up. You said you don't come in no more about that. It's Phil. 
It is Philip. I told you it's Philip, you liar. Hey, Philip, give me a kiss, baby. Shake it till Everybody freeze! Turn around. Turn around. Phil! Get your hands on the table! Phil! What's wrong, man? What's all the hostility, Phil? Get back, man. What you doing with all this gun, man? I want you to get back. You changed, man. I'm, I'm telling you to get back. If you don't get back, I'm gonna blow your fucking brains out. Please, move and I'll kill you. Don't move! Turn over! Way to go, Rosewood. You're some kind of cop, you know that? Sorry for the disturbance, folks. Everything's under control. Yeah. Next up is Bull Durham from 1988. This is one, not only one of the greatest baseball movies, but one of the greatest sports movies ever made. And the reason I love Bull Durham so much is that the plot does not rely on that one big game to wrap up the story. Almost all sports movies have that championship fairy tale type ending. And Bull Durham simply does not need to rely on conventional endings. And, and really, the lack of one major game is truly the spirit of baseball. Baseball seasons are a daily grind that lasts over half the calendar year. And that's where Bull, Dur- Bull Durham nails the real essence of baseball, that day in and day out life of a ball player. Kevin Costner looks and moves like a veteran ball player. Not many actors could pull off the role like Costner does, and Susan Sarandon nails, no pun intended, the ballpark Annie role. And by the way, you know, I always thought that Susan Sarandon and Betty Davis looked alike even before they, she filmed that uh, the feud uh, with God, Joan Crawford, that, that miniseries. But, you know, I, I, I saw this a long time ago, and it, but forget that. Also, Tim Robbins... He's not much of an athlete playing Nukalouche, but he uses that lack of athleticism to his advantage, and he's so quirky as Nukalouche, you can't help but like him. But my favorite scenes are where Crash is teaching Nuke about the art of interviews. It's hilarious because every athlete gives the same tired, cliche-ridden interviews, and it's perfect because athletes really don't stray from those cliches. I love winning, man. I fucking love winning. You hear what I'm saying? It's like better than losing. Teach me something new, man. I, I need to learn. Teach me something. Well, you got something to write with? Good. It's time to work on your interviews. My interviews? What do I got to do? You're going to have to learn your cliches. You're going to have to study them. You're going to have to know them. They're your friends. Write this down. We got to play them one day at a time. Got to play pretty boring. Of course it's boring. That's the point. Write it down. One day at a time. I'm just happy to be here. Hope I can help the ball club. I know. Write it down. I just want to give it my best shot. And the good Lord willing, things will work out. Good Lord willing. Things will work out. Next is Chinatown from 1974. I first saw this movie in a film class that I took in college. And I've said this before in past episodes. That class was one of the best courses I took in my college career. From what I remember, I also viewed Bonnie and Clyde, My Darling Clementine, Psycho, Casablanca, and many others. And, and Psycho was the only movie that I'd actually seen prior to that class. The only thing that really doesn't make 
Chinatown of film noir is that it isn't shot in black and white. However, it's usually considered neo-noir, a term that is designated for post-1950s films. The acting is just superior in this film and stars Jack Nicholson, Faye Dunaway, and John Huston. In many ways, Chinatown reminds me of Touch of Evil from Orson Welles, and this began the string of, of real major hits for Jack Nicholson. Next, he did One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, and then a few, a few years later, he would star in The Shining. All right, my next pick isn't a great movie, but it's a fun movie, and it's got a city in the title that I actually own, so I gotta throw it in there, and that is Detroit Rock City from 1999, and, and this is, if you didn't already know, it's uh, a KISS theme comedy, KISS being the band, uh, starring Edward Furlong, Sam Huntington, Giuseppe Andrews, and James DeBello. The movie tries to kind of match the, the feel of Days and Confused, but the characters just aren't as memorable as Days and Confused. However, if you're a major KISS fan or grew up with, a Ki with KISS in the 1970s, this might be kind of a fun bit of nostalgia for you. Next up is Doc Hollywood from 1991, and it's actually being released on Blu-ray soon for all you Blu-ray geeks out there. So anyway, Doc Hollywood is a fun and often forgotten romantic comedy from the early 1990s, starring Michael J. Fox, Julie Warner, and Woody Harrelson. And you know, after seeing Back to the Future when it was first released in 1985, I just became a Michael J. Fox junkie, basically watching whatever movie or TV show he appeared in. If you didn't know the plot to Doc Hollywood already, it involved Dr. Benjamin Stone, that's Michael J. Fox, and he decides to leave his ER surgeon job in Washington, D.C. and heads to Beverly Hills to become a plastic surgeon. However, while driving cross-country, Ben accidentally crashes into a fence while passing through a small town in South Carolina. Unfortunately for Ben, the fence also belonged to the judge of the town who refused to accept Ben's money to repair the fence, but instead sentences him to community service in the local hospital. You can kind of sort of guess what happens next, and if you can't, well, watch the movie. Next up is Fargo from 1996. Fargo was a fabulous crime th thriller with uh, comedic elements from the Coen brothers. Of course, nobody else can do it like the Coen brothers. So even though Frances McDormand had been acting in movies since the early 1980s, this is really the film that made her a star, and she is still known for her role as police chief Marge Gunderson. The other memorable part of the movie are the accents used by the characters based on the residents of Minnesota, as many of those living in the region are have ancestors from Norway and Sweden, which is why you kind of get the sing-song voice, but it's very cool nonetheless, as... Typical with most Coen Brothers movies, the subject matter is very dark, involving a botched kidnapping and ransom ploy of a local car salesman's wife. So while the subject matter is not humorous, the characters' action in the, actions in the film involve a comedy of errors, which makes the film incredibly funny. Steve Buscemi is brilliant, as always. Next is Key Largo from 1948. This is a very cool film noir with tons of big-name stars like Humphrey Bogart, Lauren Bacall, Edward G. Robinson, yeah, see... Lionel Barrymore, and Claire Trevor. This was the fourth and final film that Bogart and Bacall starred in together. So the plot involves Bogart visiting a rundown hotel in Key Largo to pay his respects to his friend who was killed in Bogart's military unit during World War II. His friend's widow, played by Bacall, is now running the hotel. However, the hotel has been taken over by gangsters led by Edward G. Robinson. Bogart Bacall and her father, Lionel Barrymore, end up being held captive by the gang in the hotel. You can't go wrong with any of these actors, and if you're a fan of classic film noir, 
be sure to check it out. Next is LA Confidential from 1997. LA standing for Los Angeles, of course. And so this is an awesome neo-noir film uh, starring Kevin Spacey, Russell Crowe, Guy Pearce, and Kim Basinger. And what's interesting is that this is really the breakout film for uh, Guy Pearce and Russell Crowe in the U.S. market because they were actually best known for their work on Australia. So this is the type of movie that would have thrived in the pre-code era back in the you know in the 1930s, uh, but would still be considered rather tame by today's standards. And and that's probably why L.A. Confidential did so well in 1997. The subject matter could be a lot more brutal. In any case. Fans of classic film noir and detective movies should love this movie. Next is Mr. Smith Goes to Washington from 1939. And I think a lot of casual movie fans get Mr. Smith Goes to Washington confused with Mr. Deeds Goes to Town. Honest mistake. Both films were actually filled by Frank Capra and starred Gene Arthur. So, you know, again, honest mistake. For Mr. Smith Goes to Washington, the main character is Jefferson Smith, played by the always wonderful James Stewart. For those who are disgusted by the way politics are nowadays, you'll be happy to know that nothing has changed from when this movie was filmed to today's shenanigans. In addition to Stewart and Arthur, the film co-stars Claude Rains as a shady senator, and Edward Arnold plays a corrupt political mastermind. And like most Capra films, it's a David vs. Goliath type of tale that Capra was just a master of, and, and Claude Rains always good in everything he's in. Next is The Philadelphia Story from 1940. Now this is a cast. The Philadelphia Story stars Cary Grant, Katherine Hepburn, and James Stewart. Usually I'll watch any movie with just one of these actors, but to have all three is a must watch. In addition to the stellar cast, the movie itself is also terrific and loads of fun to watch. Amazingly, at the time that this film was made, Hepburn's career was kind of in a rut after starring in a number of films that were not hits at the box office. The Philadelphia story actually put her back in, in the good graces of the Hollywood executives, and of course, the rest is history. Both Cary Grant and James Stewart were doing well with their career at this point, and the Philadelphia story was just another winner on their already impressive resume. All right, my next pick is a bit of a cheat because it's a state and not a city. But since it's my podcast, I can do whatever the hell I want, and I make the rules. So in this case, I'm going to pick Raising Arizona from 1987. There are certain movies that you watch when you're a kid that you love, but then when you rewatch them as an adult, they just don't hold up as well. The opposite is the case for me when it comes to Raising Arizona. I was too young to appreciate this film when, when I first saw it as a kid, but as an adult, it's absolutely hilarious and ridiculous. The movie is directed by the Coen brothers, my second pick for them, and stars Nicolas Cage, Holly Hunter, William Forsythe, John Goodman, Francis McDormand, and Randall Tex Cobb. The movie is a total farce, in a good way, about an ex-convict played by Nicolas Cage and a police officer played by Holly Hunter who decide to get married but find out that Cage is sterile and thus cannot have children. They get, into, they get the bright idea to steal a baby from one of the wealthiest families in town who happen, to live, who happen to have quintuplets. So seriously, who would miss a baby, you know, one baby out of five? So they decide to kidnap it and all mayhem ensues and it's a Coen Brothers movie so you never know what you're going to get but then, then again you do kind of know what you're going to get because it's going to be a dark comedy. Next up is the movie version of the hit TV show Reno 911 called Reno 911 Miami in, from 2007. And so I loved the show so much when it was was on the air from 2003 to 2009, as it was basically like airplane, an airplane version of Cops. Each character was hilarious in their own way, and even I was surprised they decided to make a movie of the show. Um, but Reno 
911 Miami is just as ridiculous as the TV show, just in a longer runtime. And and if you want it, the quick plot is involves the the, the plot involves the the gang being called in to help uh, out with a terrorist attack at a police convention in Miami, and you can kind of guess how well that's going to go when the police uh, crew from Reno. 911 is involved. All right, two other quick mentions. Uh, Meet Me in St. Louis. I'm not a big musical fan, but Meet Me in St. Louis or St. Louis, whatever you want to call it, it's it's a classic. It's an absolute classic. I actually really enjoy it, even though there are a lot of songs in it, but I can't help it. Judy Garland is one of the best. And also, I'm going to throw out there, this is a ridiculous movie, but I love the 80s. I watched it a lot because my sister watched it a lot, and that was True Beverly Hills starring Shelley Long from... Uh, Cheers, and then she started to do have a movie career, and she left a hit TV show for that, and she starred in movies like Troop Beverly Hills. So, anyway, all right, let's hear what everyone else has to say on this week's episode. Okay, we're gonna do Lindley's least favorite subject in a while. We're gonna pick. She she kept telling me how stupid this uh, subject was, I so, so I can't wait to have her stupid. on. Stupid! I said I couldn't come up with anything. I'm right. out of ideas. So we're gonna talk about your favorite movies that have a city name in the title. Yes, and I'm still out of ideas because I'm just naming three of the four movies I have. I've already talked about, so well, let's, they've been on other lists. Let's talk about the first. Let's talk about the movie that you haven't talked about. Oh, okay. So Munich. Munich. Okay. Yes. City name. Mm-hmm. Um, again, well, that yeah. kind of ties yeah, along so with the kind of tied uh, because it's the, the aftermath yeah. of the kidnappings and yeah, exactly. So mm-hmm. whatever. It's just a, it's a um, portrayal. I don't even know what I want to say about it. So it's a 1972 Well, it's hostage. after 1972, yeah. so there's the hostage dream, and then this dude's in the Mossad and mm-hmm. goes after, goes into, like, Argentina, too. Yeah, I mean, this this sect is going in and kidnapping old Nazis, and then they right. go after, they actually, it's part of the group that goes after um, the Munich kidnappers. Kidnappers, yeah. right. Yeah. yeah, it's a very good film. It's yeah, really well done. It, it, it was well Eric, done. Eric Bana? Yeah. Is it? Yeah, yeah. Did you, you don't see him much anymore. my favorite lines in Knocked Up, where they're <laughs> like, if any, oh, they were talking. Instead of Benavides get late tonight, it's because of Eric Bana and Munich. They're all Jews. So. <laughs> That's a good one. Yeah. yeah. Go Jed Apatow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so let's let's quickly go through the three that you always talk about. Yeah, um, two days in Paris. Okay. Yes. Yeah. And so it's a great portrayal of Paris, the city, and I just think the yeah, it's just a great uh, snapshot, right. right, of that area. I love that actress. Mm-hmm. I think she's the writer. Director so you like Paris of instead of New York? No, I prefer New York oh, really? to Paris. Two Days in New York? Yeah. I like both of them. Okay. I think Two Days in New York, Chris Rock is definitely the more um, likable boyfriend. Yeah. Her boyfriend. I, yeah, I don't think they're married. I know they have kids, but um, her boyfriend in the first one is Adam, Adam Goldberg. Goldberg. So that's the one I've seen. And I've seen the one in super, Paris. Yeah, yeah you should yeah. watch the New York one. It's okay. very funny. Again, it's a very much like fish out of water in both ways. The first one, it's Adam Goldberg mm-hmm. in Paris. Um, kind of the conflict with her parents and it really is her father in real life mm. he's just this yeah, he's adorable he's, frenchman yeah, yeah. <laughs> he keeps smashing cars he's like, yeah. yeah he keys yeah. suvs mm-hmm. he's like a hippie environmentalist yeah. kind of i don't know funny yeah i think it's very french like it's a very french uh type mm-hmm. um of old person and um same in two days in paris then her family comes to new york and is in their apartment with them so okay yeah yeah and he does the same thing he's still keying cars and <laughs> <laughs> nothing changes <laughs> yeah. what are the other two Oh, one more. Two, oh, two days two. in Paris, two days in New York. Okay, And okay. then my other one was Fargo. 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 It's just one of my favorite movies. I think it's perfect. So why do you think it's perfect? Why do I think Fargo's perfect? Um, 
I don't know. I think Frances McDormand has a lot to do with mm-hmm. it. I loved the portrayal. And then again, yeah, going like I love the premise of the setting. It's just dark, cold. Yeah. It's just this crazy um, premise. Um, I love the the. Um, and it's not really a true story, even though people kind it's of misconstrue not a true story. it they as. They made that yeah. as a joke. Okay. Yeah. So they say that they said that at the beginning, not yeah. as a joke or just yeah, it's completely baseless. It's not based on anything. Got it. <laughs> And I love that she's like pregnant, female, and she actually solves a crime. Absolutely. And no one will listen to her. And then if you watch the TV shows that they've made, kind of as an homage to Fargo, and they all they don't take place in Fargo. They're mm-hmm. still called called Fargo the TV shows, but um, they're based in the general area, sure. other small towns in the area. And so there's always like they kind of have the same type of characters, mm-hmm. whether it's a do they have the accents in the. Um... TV yeah, show? Okay, they yeah, do, yeah, they do. That's kind of the charming. Yeah, there's thing usually like the uh, like the female that's not listened to, sure. you know, looked over, bypassed, right. um, and the bumbling police chief who doesn't know what he's doing but right. just wants to solve the crime. And then you have the kind of squirrely William H Macy type yes. in the thing. I mean, they're always there. There's a lot more characters mm-hmm. um, in the TV shows than in the movie. The movie was obviously just a couple of hours, and um, nobody would have guessed that it become such a yeah, but it's it, yeah, so classic, good. Yeah. I mean, it's one of my... Yeah, I just think it's a movie I could watch over and over again. But then the character actors are great in the movie. Yeah. I mean, so. I love... Yeah, I just love her husband in it. Oh, How he's yeah. just like, you gotta eat your eggs, Marge. Yeah. <laughs> Is her name Marge? I think so, yeah. I yeah. think it's Marge. Marge, yeah, you, gotta, yeah. you gotta have some protein, because yeah. she's super pregnant. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, I just love that. Yeah. yeah. It's a great movie. And See, her boyfriend, that also... Her ex-high school boyfriend. Yes. Or some boyfriend who has a crush on her or something. Mm-hmm. Who comes back and I don't know, it's just very funny. Yes. So if you haven't seen Fargo, definitely check out Fargo. Yeah, who hasn't seen Fargo? You're insane if you haven't seen Fargo. There's something wrong with you. (laughs) On that note, (laughs) let's wrap up on a positive thing. You're watching the Prince Christmas or whatever that is on Netflix. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, fifty times we're monitoring you. Thank you, Emily. Okay, thank you. All right, we're back with Enrico. Welcome back. Thank you. So for this week we're gonna wrap up all the city episodes we've done. And we're just gonna we're gonna this is gonna be a fun one because we're doing movies with cities in the title. Yeah. So it could be anything. It could be any city. It could be any city. Could I be, love it. Yes, all over the place. This is kind of a fun one. It is fun. So, what are your favorite movies that fit this criteria? Well, I have a few that are like kind of obvious, and okay. a little more popular, and then sure. a couple that are a little less obvious. Um, but the first one is Paris Je T'aime. <laughs> I have, what is that? Um, it's kind of the original... Have you seen or heard of New York, I Love You? Yes. So it's kind of the same thing. I mean, it's the original. It's okay. the French movie about Paris and, mm-hmm. a, you know, a group of separate but somehow related... It's like crash-style uh-huh. um, story, like love stories mm-hmm. that center around the city. Um, and it, I was kind of a Francophile as a, as a teenager. I think mm-hmm. a lot of people are. Um, <laughs> and I loved, I was taking French in high school and I loved the movie and I was like, oh, I'm going to go to Paris someday and, <laughs> you know, see all these beautiful sights and drink French coffee of course. and speak French with the locals and everything. And yeah, it was just a very romantic, for obvious reasons, mm-hmm. approach to the city. And I mean, it was also kind of cool because it showcased a lot of the diversity mm-hmm. of Paris. It's not just kind of like that. Did you ever end up going to Paris? Oh, I did go to Paris. <laughs> in college. I uh, got my minor in French, and my actually was a dual major in mm-hmm. French, and then um, did a summer abroad nice. and studied at the University uh, of Aix, Marseille, mm-hmm. and um, t- 
took a weekend my of the twenty my twenty first birthday. We mm-hmm. took a weekend up to Paris, uh-huh. and I just okay, <laughs> I hated it. I hated Paris. Really? So, much. so you had glamorized it so <laughs> yes, much in your mind. I did. I, I hope Elaine's not listening. So. I, uh, and then I'm sorry. <laughs> she knows how much. Of I course, yeah. Paris. <laughs> she knows that it was a bad experience, and I have to go back and redeem it. Sure. Um, but you know, I was spending the summer in southern France. It was dry and warm. Mm-hmm. And beautiful every day and so kind of slow the life in, in the south sure. is much more slow and bougie <laughs> <laughs> um for lack of a better word and then you know we took the train up to paris it was this amazing trade and it poured it was freezing i was in all of my like provence summer dresses <laughs> the entire time we were walking and i was with a group of people who hated walking and like uh-huh. that's how I, I wanted to walk down the entire Champs-Élysées sure. I wanted to you know walk up to the top of the Eiffel Tower which I did all of these yeah. things but like I had this constant nagging voice like the party you're with doesn't want to be doing this you're the you're the downer and then we I had one girl who was like in my group who was like obsessed with Marie Antoinette uh-huh. I was obsessed with the Marie Antoinette like story and you know the all that bullshit and we spent an, my birthday, my 21st birthday, mm-hmm. at Versailles all day, mm-hmm. and when it was pouring, and we were outside in the gardens, and I just wanted to get back to, into the city and, like, have a nice dinner yeah. and, like, drink a bunch and go to sleep on my 21st birthday, <laughs> she was like, no, we have to see Marie Antoinette's quarters. We have to. And she was giving me this, like, really hard time yeah. because I didn't care. Not realizing it's your day. I mean, it wasn't even my... I would have been fine. I don't have the same fascination with, like, the French um, aristocrats of that time. Right. And the royal, you know... Uh, I, I don't know. So was this the last trip you took with her? This was the one and only trip yeah, well, yes. I took with one and done. people. <laughs> but I had one girl who was, like, super down. Okay. And we did a lot of stuff together. So we went off by ourselves mm-hmm. and explored all the places we wanted to see. This is a lesson, too. It's like living with people. There's yeah. certain people you travel with. There's certain, certain people, people you don't. You don't. Yeah. And, you know, I wish I had gone. There was another group that had gone, like, a few weeks before us. Mm. And we couldn't go because we had... I was working on, like, a research project at the time. And mm-hmm. I had to schedule what they call DCT's discourse discourse completion tasks with some people in town okay. um, and couldn't go. So we had to schedule our trip for a few weeks later. Mm-hmm. And ah, we did the Louvre. We did all the things I always wanted to do. But it, there was like this cloud hanging over, mm-hmm. literally and figuratively. <laughs> we didn't get to do any of like the cute like cafe. They wanted to go to McDonald's every day because it was what they like knew. I was like, ugh, I just want to explore. The purpose. Yeah. I was much more, I wanted to be, you know, adventurous. So you need to go back with somebody I can travel with. Café Je yeah. is my favorite French movie, and I will still kind of, not French movie, but my favorite movie about Paris. Yeah. And I would like to go back yeah. and kind of live that fantasy Maybe with my husband or somebody who I like to travel Exactly, with. yeah. Um, or even by yourself. I mean, or even by myself, yeah. exactly. You can do whatever you want. Gosh, yes. yeah. So that was one. That's a great one. Good job. Yeah. And then the other one that's more of a lot of is Sleepless in Seattle. Of course. Yeah. I, I could watch Tom Hanks do anything. Yes. I love him. Him and Meg Ryan together. They're perfect. Love them. And he had that like really sleepy Seattle kind of life on the houseboat. Like, not on the houseboat, on like the house on the water. And I never visited Seattle, never been to Seattle. I had no concept of what it was like. And, you know, my first visit to Seattle was to see my best friend. Uh-huh. 
like in the whole world and we got to see the whole city we walked around and it was amazing it was like exactly what i wanted to experience mm-hmm. it gave me that like sleepless in seattle vibe well it's it's a it's a great movie and Nora Ephron's brilliant i love Nora Ephron, yeah. and my best friend sarah also loves Nora Ephron. that's so perfect you works. should travel with her though yeah. I, I love traveling with sarah it's like my favorite <laughs> thing she's amazing um but yeah, it's it's kind of a remake, and not a remake, but it's an homage to Affair to Remember, and oh, also yeah. Love Story. So, or yeah, Love Affair, Love Affair. Yeah. yeah. So that's the whole the, the yeah. New York trip, and, and I and love that, how yeah. they like don't meet until the end. No, it's perfect. It's I this suppose. whole tension and build yeah, up. Yeah, it's so good. Yeah. And the ch- and the kid and. Oh, yeah. he's, he's great. I, I, Rosie O'Donnell's good in it, too. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Nora yeah. Everett always has those like trope characters. So can you name? The other, well, there's two main movies mm-hmm. that Big Red and Tom Hanks were. You, I definitely know. You, you got mail. Yes. What's the other one? That was Meg Ryan and Tom Hanks together. Yeah, their very first movie together. Sleepless in Seattle was their first movie no, together. No, 1990, really? there was a different movie. I thought Sleepless in Seattle was Meg Ryan's big break. She was so young. She was like in No, because her, 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 one of her first movies was Top Gun. She played Goose as well. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, no, I don't, I have no idea. Joe versus the Volcano. What? Yeah. Does it, anybody it, know what that I is? I saw it in the theater, and I, some people love it. It's kind of a cult classic. I yeah. didn't, I did, didn't like, did it like it at all. It. And I like Tom Hanks. I love Tom Hanks, and I love Meg Ryan, but yeah. maybe you should check it out. It's kind of a black comedy, you know, a dark comedy, so. Yeah, yeah his early stuff was different. Definitely. It was, because in the 80s, he was doing mostly comedies. And yeah. then in the early 90s, he started to shift into what we know as Tom Hanks. Yeah. I mean, he's had an amazing career, oh. but th- I had no idea they were in anything yeah, yeah. else together. That's, That's right. so funny. But anyway, those are the two obvious ones. Uh-huh. And then the third one is Taking Woodstock. Oh, that's a good the one. The yeah. film, because mm-hmm. that's my hometown. Mm-hmm. And it's a story of the festival, which was, you know, it was pretty accurate. Yep. And my husband's an extra. Nice. He's just dressed as like a barefoot, dirty hippie walking through the street. So he didn't get a, did he get an IMDb? IMDb he did not. He's just okay. an extra. <laughs> <laughs> but he did get to see Ang Lee and oh, nice. uh, Jonathan Groff mm-hmm. was in it and a couple other actors. Who's the other actor that was in it? He got to like see like the celebs. Of course. That's, um, that's awesome. That's like Malin who got to be an extra on a horror movie. Yeah, it sounded like it was a fun experience. They had to like rub, rub him in dirt and like... <laughs> How old was he? He, ha- he was 16 and he had like the big uh, hippie hair at the time. And So we have Shrivers in it? Oh yeah, no, he didn't get to see... Emil Hirsch? No. Dimitri Martin? That guy. Okay. He's yeah. A, he's a... Yes. Is he a stand-up? I think he's a stand-up comedian. Yeah, he's yeah. a comedian. But he's really funny. Yeah, he was apparently there. Nice. Um, so it was fun to watch the movie and to see them kind of Oh, I didn't see... Did you see Eugene it. Levy? Who played Max Jasper? No. Yeah. I think it was Dimitri Martin and Ang Lee and Jonathan Groff were in this nice. movie that he got to see that day. But, yeah, uh, his story of like being in the film was really funny and... Cool, and I would love to be an extra on a movie sure. set someday. Yeah. It seems so cool. Like I have no concept of what a movie set is like. But eh, it's just fun that they actually recruited kids from, from Woodstock yeah. to be there. I mean, it's a little known fact. The town of Woodstock is 80 miles east mm. of where the festival took place. Right. It's not actually the town. It took place on the Oscars farm, right. like near Kishecton Center. Mm-hmm. My mom had a house there growing up and stuff, but... The, you know, 
the story of the festival is told really well. Okay. Like how it was supposed to start in the town, right. got moved to Wallkill, mm-hmm. then they were like, fuck that. Yeah. <laughs> then well, nobody wanted it. Nobody, because it was yeah. huge. And yeah. Bob Dylan was like a big troublemaker. He's still a big trouble in, in Woods, yeah. troublemaker in Woodstock. Like he's always getting busted for like weed and stuff. <laughs> Even now. Even now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's so funny to have seen the movie after the fact. And right. Because like, having heard so many stories growing up in the town, like, of the the that was the the best of times, you know. People really do hold on to that. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah, it very much is a lot. The spirit of the film is very much alive and yes. well in the actual town. So I'm curious. Well, we'll get into this, but uh, we're going to be doing documentary soon. Yeah, but I yeah, it's weird. I don't know. I I hesitate to put in Woodstock the film on my list because it's a documentary, mm-hmm. but it is it's like a concert film, so it's kind of in that yeah weird area, so. yeah. But that's uh, definitely an amazing. Film. Do you have any other city name movies or the? Yeah, I have uh, Palo Alto. I've never heard of this. Um, it's a James Franco movie. He directed and produced it. It's a pretty small indie movie. He's from Palo Alto. Isn't he, he is yes. from Palo Alto, and it's very much like an homage to the creepy hmm. 2013. You yeah. know, behind closed doors life of these like suburban mm. rich kids at Palo Alto High. It's filmed here in Palo Alto. The only weird thing about the movie was it's clearly supposed to take place in present day. Okay. But it very much evoked the Palo Alto of days by, gone by. Mm. Like when presumably when James Franco was growing up right. there in the nineties, it was a very different place technology yeah. and the and the industries the tech industry has completely changed yes. the the demographics the mm-hmm. landscape what kids are doing yep. so it had this like 90s grunge like kids being bad kind yeah. of undertone and at least for me it was not consistent with the palo alto that i experienced yes. it's just like a lot of rich kids studying and mm-hmm. like doing sports. <laughs> like well, as, as my dad used to say, Palo Alto used to be kind of like Berkeley light yeah, before totally. the tech industry. And yeah. that's definitely what was featured. Yeah. It was like a lot of, you know, kids trying to like kind of be rebellious mm-hmm. and that college offbeat Stanford mm-hmm. culture yeah. and weed and, you mm-hmm. know. The, the, the what I loved about it was it was beautiful like the imagery with the fog and the evening yeah. and the, on the on the Palo Alto High School football field <laughs> like things you see every day yeah. kind of reflected on the film really beautiful but the, the themes themselves were really like outdated I wish he would have just Did said it, it took place in the 90s right. instead of trying to set it mm-hmm. today because yeah. it's like dude you haven't been to Palo Alto yeah, since a while, you were yeah. a kid have you <laughs> yeah He's now um, in Hollywood. So, a little yeah. more displaced. But I I really want to see The Disaster Artist. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I love these movies. I don't know why people give him so much shit because he's an actor. I appreciate they just, you know, he goes off the beaten path. Yeah, like I love that. Now, so. If I'm going to watch something that I'm, like, comfortable, that I'm comfortable mm-hmm. with being weird, like, I feel like I can go, I can trust him. Yeah, yeah. To keep me both comfortable and, like, uncomfortable. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, uh, what was that, that hours one? What was it, 27 hours? Mm. Like that. that's, but that's a true story. So. He went to yeah. my, my um, college. He was my graduation Carnegie? speaker. Carnegie yeah. yeah. Air, what was his name? Aaron something. Mm-hmm. He was our <laughs> speaker, and he was cool. He was really I'm good. sure he was, yeah. But anyway, that's it. That's Those are my city movies. Terrific list, because besides Sleeps in Seattle, they weren't like... 
I try to, I try to go yeah. obscure for I, you. I appreciate that. <laughs> you and Samantha are going to be the artsy ones oh, this week. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Enrique. You're welcome. All right, we're back with Samantha. Welcome back. Thank you. So for this week, we're going to wrap up kind of our city trilogy with... Linley thinks this is a batshit crazy subject, but I think it's kind of fun. <laughs> so we're doing city names... Names of cities are in the title of movies, just because we're going to. We only covered three cities: Chicago, New York, and San Francisco. So this one we can get a little broad. Now you can still pick movies from those cities if they're in the title. But oh, crap, I forgot which ones I talked about. <laughs> that's okay. I'll. I'll. That's <laughs> dirty little secret, folks. We fil- we we record these a long time ago, and then we forget what we talk about. So what but, was what were the cities we did before? So New York, New York, San Francisco. And, well, Barrett and uh-huh. uh, Chicago. Okay, they were all U.S. Okay, yes. Okay. So you, you'll definitely have some international. I have, I think I have a couple Okay, here. cool. Let's get into it. Oh, <laughs> I'm going to take Chicago out of my list. Oh, oh, no. oh the, the movie Chicago? Okay, <laughs> fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> but Oh, we were talking about how though I picked mostly movies that were filmed in those right. places. Mm-hmm. So now we're, we're just kind of talking about movies with the with, city in the Just in, in the, the title. title. Okay. So, yeah, so it could be... It could have nothing to do with the actual city, but they could be, yeah. could be in the title. Yeah, because I, I will still bring up... I talked about Chicago, sure. the musical yeah. from 2002 or whatever. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't actually filmed in Chicago. It was filmed in Toronto. That's right. It really killed my my thoughts. But yeah, that's still on the list. Okay. I love that movie. I loved it for a couple of years. I watched it all the time for some reason well the good thing you didn't watch on netflix because netflix would have monitored your chicago oh, watching and maybe called you out I know, that was so, funny. All right. uh, so yeah i won't talk about that one much more okay um the next one so i have a couple old movies okay these were these are pretty classic i we've talked about both of these movies before roman holiday and an american in paris yes yes so I'm surprised I didn't pick Roman Holiday. I should have. Rome? That was a great one. Rome, it's because it was Roman. Yeah. It's hard to remember. But this is why I have different people mm-hmm. on, because they're going to catch me on that. So that's a great one. Those are both amazing classics. Yeah. And Roman Holiday's awesome because it's just oh, it's like so cute. They're just riding their scooters through the streets of Rome. So do you think, so that one I put on the list, even though I, I really do like the ending, but it's also an ending that I think a lot of people wanted to change because they don't end up together. No. But it's kind of a perfect way to it's end it. It's realistic. It, absolutely. It was realistic. I never thought she would run away from being a princess. Right. So it is sad. You want mm-hmm. the happy romantic ending. Yeah. But, you know, she goes back to her duties. And he goes back to his goes Back job. to being a journalist yeah. or whatever it was. <laughs> But that's a nice thing because you could think whatever you like out of it. Mm-hmm. Maybe maybe in your own mind they, they see each other still. Maybe they'll yeah. reunite mm-hmm. or something will happen just yes. it's open-ended. That's right. But, yeah, that's a great classic. I think the, it, it really gives a good view of – I've never been to Rome. Mm-hmm. I, re- I really would like to, but I think it represents it in a nice way. Mm-hmm. And when it was filmed, I think it's just a super charming movie. It is. It um, is. And that was her first movie, right? Mm, I think so. Okay. Because I want to say her... Sabrina was 54 and, and Roman Holiday was 53, but I could be wrong. 53, yeah. Okay. Yeah, that it was. That was her film date. Mm-hmm. Well, what a film date to you. <laughs> I know. Yeah. I just think it's cute. Yeah, it's I like her story. outfits. Yeah. And um, Gregory Peck's great and everything. So. Gregory Peck is lovely. Mm-hmm. 
whole like princess like it's free for a day type yeah. thing is really cute so uh let's see uh, and then what did i say i also american said american yeah. in paris mm-hmm. i haven't seen this movie in years yeah me neither but i feel like i want to mm-hmm. again um another one that's super charming was do you think it was filmed on a soundstage probably because a lot of those were you know yeah but that's okay that's that's uh it didn't have to be filmed in paris for you to yeah this movie. but it still is it, it did a decent job yeah yeah. I, I just, I'm a huge Gene Kelly fan, mm-hmm. and I love the cheesy, like, dancing. And that's the one thing we talked about before. Well, a lot of these older movies we didn't pick for cities because they were mostly filmed on sound stages. Mm-hmm. They weren't actually filmed in the city, so. Um, yeah. But that's a good pick. I really want to know now where <laughs> it was filmed. Oh, yes, he was a painter. Oh, and Leslie Carone is, like, oh, the yeah. cutest person ever mm-hmm. in that movie. What was the movie? She, was she in Father Goose with uh, Cary Grant? I don't know. She's in a movie with Cary Grant. Right? Yeah, it's got. To, I think it's Father Goose. The only other one I know her from is Gigi. Yep, like, she's in Father Goose. Big one. Have you seen Father Goose before? No. It's really, it's a really cute movie. Um, he's kind of like this old seafaring fellow, <laughs> and yeah, it, it's. Uh, he always, he's always very charming, and she's great. And then she has a, she has a group of kids with her that get stranded, and then. He kind of saves them, but it's it, but it's a comedy, so yeah, it's a good movie. Yeah, oh, I'm just I'm, <laughs> I'm gonna sorry, I'm gonna get lost in a research hole, but um, I need to watch this movie again. I can't really remember any details except like he's a painter. They're like mm-hmm. on the Seine. Well, good. Well, and, during your winter vacation, oh, this is a perfect is a good one. vacation movie. Yes. Oh, thank you. <laughs> okay, so I'll stop blobbing about that. Um, a more recent movie, I think I've could have mentioned it in this podcast before it's called brooklyn oh okay yeah um it came out a couple years ago and it's about this girl she's an irish girl and it's based on a book Mm -hmm. um and so it's set in the 50s and this irish girl she's not super poor or anything but she immigrated over to the united states to um, work and just start a new life mm-hmm. and so she lived in Brooklyn okay and in like this house with a bunch of other young women and then she like falls in love with like a um, a Brooklyn guy okay. so he's very like quintessential uh, he has the whole accent sure. and everything and she has an Irish accent <laughs> yeah <laughs> so um, super cute movie yeah. and it I like how it represented that time period mm-hmm of like the 50s in New York and it's um it actually it it's a I wouldn't call it a romantic comedy or anything it's more of a drama Mm -hmm. but it's fun okay and it's an independent film I don't think so who's the director let's see John Crowley okay he's Irish hmm so it's it's not a foreign film obviously no yeah I, I don't think he's really famous for anything else but um yeah this movie was really it did really well when it came out yeah i saw the premiere of it in toronto Mm. it was pretty cool i saw like the cast getting into their cars (laughs) oh maybe that's when you brought this up (laughs) maybe (laughs) (laughs) so really like that movie okay um, I have a theme. All these movies have been based in like the 50s. Oh, that's good though. So I like that. Well, two were actually filmed then. One okay. was based in it. Yeah. Um, and then I'll just mention um, 
I really want to talk about this one because I just saw it, but it's based in a fictional that's okay. town. No, that's okay. So it's currently in theaters. It's mm -hmm. called Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri. Okay. Have you heard of I it? I have not heard of it. Ooh. This so is good. It's going to be in the like award circuit. Okay. So you, get, so you heard it first there, yeah. folks. Yeah. So I, it might have. I think it was nominated for some Golden Globes already. Okay. Um, so I just saw it over Thanksgiving time. Mm -hmm. And it stars um, Frances McDormand. Oh, okay. And she plays... So the, the, the background of the movie, it's very sad, but it's a super dark comedy. Mm. Like dark, dark, dark humor. Like okay. I wouldn't say this movie's for everyone. So is it kind of like Fargo dark? Yeah. Okay. And yeah. it was made by the director of In Bruges. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is another yes. city movie, mm -hmm. which I can, like... That's a good one, too. ...segue into that. Yeah. Um, so, really just hilarious foul mouths, <laughs> and they have some great, really um, awesome, like, oh, why can't I think of the word? Insults. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> They have some hilarious insults mm -hmm. for each other. and So what's the premise behind the film? So the premise is that this mom, um, her so her daughter was murdered. Okay. And so I, I love a good murder mystery. Yeah. <laughs> but, so the daughter was murdered and this, I think several months had passed and basically nothing had happened. Okay. So it's this really, really tiny town in Missouri and the mom, everyone's pretty middle, lower class. And so the mom is basically just had it because she thinks the sheriffs gave up on this case. Okay. So she um, rents three billboards on one of these rural street streets going into town okay. that calls out the sheriff for not... Um, solving her daughter's oh, murder okay. yeah and so the whole town gets involved mm -hmm. and they're saying like oh she's a horrible like she shouldn't be doing this right. and there's other things i don't want to spoil oh, sure sure there's a couple um things about the sheriff and the sheriff's department that come out that are kind of like ooh, um a mm -hmm. couple surprises okay in the movie um but she's brilliant in everything she's in yeah so she's this, awesome yeah, yeah. um and it's funny because i went to go see this movie with my mom actually over oh, really? thanksgiving because <laughs> she's a giant a uh, Frances McDormand fan. Uh, did she know anything about it going in? Yeah, okay. she's the one who told me oh, about there you it. Go. And that's I was like, cool, Mom, nice. let's go see it. <laughs> and that's what we go see on the holidays. <laughs> awesome. Dirty murder <laughs> show movie. But no, like, this sounds this sounds cool, so but I, I want to check this out. It's really cool. It It's made by the guy who did In Bruges, so it has that humor, mm -hmm. but it is more serious, and it's very sad, and... But it does kind of have that Fargo like quirkiness sure. to it, probably just because of how Frances McDormand plays the character. Mm -hmm. Fargo's another good movie Fargo's for this. It. That was on my list. Topic. It had to be. Yeah. So yeah, really good movie. It's in theaters right now. The place is fictional, but I imagine it's like a, a Some city midwestern. In yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, awesome. With the, those are all your picks. Yeah, okay. and I could talk about in Bruges, but. I won't. Okay. It's an awesome movie. We'll leave the highlight for the, the newer movie, which is good because usually we don't talk about newer movies. Yeah. But this is perfect. So thank you so much, Samantha. Okay. All right. We're back with Malin. Welcome back, Malin. Hey, Brian. Thanks. So for this week, we're going to wrap up our city trilogy by picking movies um, that have city names in the title of the movie. I know it's kind of weird, but... It's kind of fun, too. So there, there's a bunch of them, but are they your favorite? So that's going to be the key here. Okay. 
Yeah, and it's cool too. Um, I like this opportunity to kind of uh, expand out beyond the three cities that we've been focusing on. That's right. For a few weeks. Yeah. Um, so, I, so having said that, I'm going to start off with a fictional city. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, but it's in the title, so I'm not completely cheating. Um, Miller's Crossing by the Cone Brothers. That's a great one, and and, and definitely worth mentioning. Yeah, I. Uh, I, I used to be kind of obsessed with that film. I don't know why either. Um, I mean, I'd always loved Coen Brother films, but for some reason that one really kind of uh, stuck on me for quite a while. Um, I think just the combination of the cinematography, the acting, the, oh, that screenplay that has so many quick little witty one-liners um, uh, and the music uh, is all kind of just entrancing. Um, and then, all of it kind of compared with this kind of really gritty violence. Um, yeah, that was a fun movie. Yeah, I mean, the acting is amazing in that. Like, all of the actors are real. I mean, it's a really well-done film. Actually, one of the top gangster films, in my opinion, too. Yeah, and the guy who plays, um, I forget who he plays, but John Polito, mm -hmm. who is also in Barton Fink. Oh, my goodness. he's He does such a good job of being a person that you hate to love and love to hate. Yes. Yeah. And then he ends up getting like his comeuppance and I, I can't help but feel a little bit twisted about how that all plays out. He played a character named Johnny Casper. Okay. Yeah. 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 So he's like the, the aspiring kind of city boss. That's right. Um, yeah. Who kind of goes after, uh, Albert Finney's character. Right. And then, yeah. It looks like a really bad guy. And then it turns out that he has morals. And so like as an audience member can be very conflicting knowing whether to be on his side or not. That's but, right. Yes. But that's a fun one. And it's a fictional city. So it really looks like a backlot rather than any real city. That's true. Um, but I thought I'd throw it in there. You always like to, to stretch the boundaries and that's why I love having you on. <laughs> yeah. I like to see like, when are you going to like <laughs> tell me to stop? <laughs> no, I'll, I'll never, I'll never. <laughs> okay, good. Cause I've got another one. Oh, good. Um, <laughs> which, then, then there's a name of a city in the title, but it's not referring specifically to the city. Uh, Grand Budapest hotel. Okay. Um, so Budapest is in the title, but it's obviously it's not about Budapest. Uh, in, in any specific way. Um, I just kind of like that because, uh, well, it's just a, a fun adventure film and Wes Anderson's style. I know some people find it really distracting and I actually kind of like it. I'm not so distracted by being pulled out of the realism of cinema since cinema is kind of completely bogus. Um, right. So I'm okay with that. And he makes a, a kind of a fun journey anyway. Um, plus, you get to see Tilda Swinton in one of her more grotesque uh, guises. That's true. She's the master of, of disguise, so to speak. Absolutely. <laughs> okay. What, what are the other ones on your list? Okay. So some real ones. Um, have you seen <laughs> Paris, Texas? I haven't, but I think you've talked about it. But let's get into it. I probably have. I don't remember what I would have said about it or like which week it would have come up. But So Paris, Texas is... Kind of a, a road movie um, uh, and mystery, a bit of a, like a, a family mystery film by Vin Vendors, who's a who's done a lot of other really um, out, outrageously good stuff like Wings of Desire. Um, but Paris, Texas starts off with Harry Dean Stanton as uh, this character who you know nothing about as an audience, but he, he wanders out of the desert in Texas. Uh, apparently with 
amnesia and uh, and is mute. Mm. Um, and so the film follows him out of that kind of cloud of uh, mystery in the desert, and you follow him as he reunites with his family and goes in search of uh, his long-lost wife with his son, who barely knows him because he's been gone for, I think, something like four years. Um, and the kid's like only seven. So so it's really interesting watching this guy put himself and his family kind of back together over the pace of the film. Right. Um, and it's not necessarily that he puts the family back together, but it's kind of his, his identity and his family's history slowly kind of unfolds as, uh, as the film goes on. It's really, really interesting. Yeah. That's a good pick. Um, yeah, and if you, since you haven't seen it, yeah, so there's some homework. Okay, that that's good. That's what we like on this show. Okay, cool. Um, going back to the Coen Brothers, uh, before I forget, Fargo. Oh, absolutely. That that was on my list. Oh, I'm so glad to hear that. Absolutely. <laughs> I just uh, what I'll always remember about Fargo is that I saw it in um, the Fargo of California's. Uh, Fresno, if not Bakersfield, then Fresno. And I saw it in Fresno. <laughs> um, and so, and I went and I saw it on, uh, I think on the evening of the weekend that it opened with my best friend at the time. And we just, we howled with laughter during most of it. And you know, the, the responses from other people who were in the audience, which was like, you know, five or six people, um, were really, really mixed. Like clearly they, they weren't, getting the humor of it the way that we were. Right. Um, and I don't think it was really being very well received. So, you know, uh, so for that, for that screening, I think my friend and I really made up for like any love lost amongst the other people who were there. <laughs> well, it's one of those movies that I don't know if it did really well in the beginning, but just through like word of mouth and, and people saying how great this film is, it really has kind of become this, I don't even call it a cult film, but it just it's one of those those top films that everyone needs to see. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, I probably wouldn't have even thought to see it if I hadn't already been in love with Coen Brothers films. Right. I think it followed pretty closely after um Barton Fink or The Big Lebowski, one of those two. It's back then. Yeah. Um, and so yeah, so I was I was definitely anxious to see it as soon as possible. Um but it was in Fresno and nobody heard of it so that's you know that's why there were only like five or six people there wait till there's a fresno movie oh you know there was a fresno miniseries oh. and the only reason i know about this was because i was living there at the time that they were doing this and um carol burnett were, and like dabney coleman were the two main stars or at least they're the two stars i can remember oh wow um, and so they swooped into Fresno to do this miniseries. It was going to be like a, a parody on Fresno to the tune of Dallas, the oh. um, the, the TV what show. Was that? Like a yeah, the TV show was that. Does that count as like a? It's almost soap. the soap opera. It's like one of those night soap operas, like Knots Landing places. You know, exactly, yeah. exactly. So this was supposed to play like that, but it was you know only for a miniseries length. Um, and it came out, and oh my goodness, uh, it got a lot of bad press in Fresno. I don't <laughs> think it was necessarily all that great um, in general, but yeah, if anybody wants to see uh, a parody soap opera about Fresno, it's out there somewhere. Definitely check it out. And it's got Carol Burnett in it. So you, and you can't lose with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Okie dokie. So 
uh, what else do I got? What else do I got? Uh, I'm trying to, you know, I was trying to think of movies that I haven't actually named already, but most of them I had, like American Werewolf in London. I think I've mentioned that a few times. Oh yeah, definitely in your horror. Um, yeah, definitely. Yeah, and then Muppets Take Manhattan. I know we've talked about that. Well, one. that one was for New York, so that's good. Okay, and yeah. then um, here's one I know we haven't talked about. And since you didn't decide to do Los Angeles yeah. as an individual city, I have three Los Angeles films to end with. Cool. Um, one, uh, Chinatown with Jack Nicholson and Faye Dunaway. Absolutely. So kind of, uh, yeah, a drama mystery. Uh, that's kind of a fantastic movie for like a, a Saturday midday just lounge around the house and watch something kind of creepy um that was definitely on my list it really oh what's that oh definitely yeah it does a really interesting job of capturing um los angeles in the middle of the 20th century yes um and it's kind of got that neo-noir uh detective absolutely absolutely yeah um so that one uh la story oh that's a great one with um uh steve martin yeah with steve martin and Anyway, I think that's just fantastically hilarious, that film. Um, I mean, having a love-hate relationship with Los Angeles myself, that one, I think, pokes fun at it in all of the right ways. <laughs> I think that's one Especially of the... Especially his, um, oh, gosh, early on in the, in the film, he's giving, I think, a tour of... Uh, giving a museum tour to either a friend or some friends. It's been a while since I've seen it, but I do remember he's doing it on roller skates, which is probably the way that you should see a lot of Los Angeles. Absolutely. Absolutely. If not in a car, then on roller skates. That's right. Just to like bridge the divide between the automotive and pedestrian experience. It feels very intro to three's company, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, totally. Yeah. Oh, okay. So the last LA film, um, and this is kind of cheating. It is, um, I could probably include it on the documentary segment. It is called Rainer Bannum Loves Los Angeles. Rainer Bannum was a, an architectural historian in, um, uh, and he was really interested in like uh, mid-century modern architecture. And he did this documentary. It was kind of documentary and it's kind of a film, but it's basically him driving around Los Angeles, looking at all of these neighborhoods, comparing them to London, and talking about how great Los Angeles is. Like, in particular, how great the highway system is, uh, how fantastic the architecture of the um, the highway overpasses, goes into all sorts of little neighborhoods, uh, goes into Watts to look at the towers. Um, and, and this car that he's driving around in is this ridiculously sci-fi car for, I think it was filmed in like the late 70s or early 80s. It's really dated, and you can probably find it on YouTube or something. It is fantastically hilarious. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's a really good kind of uh, sci-fi cum, uh, documentary cum, um, weird architectural history professor gone completely flipping nuts. <laughs> um and just kind of uh, being all in love with Los Angeles, which is such a hard place to love, especially like the urban fabric of it in like the late 70s and early 80s. Right, right. I'm surprised you didn't pick L.A. Confidential. You know, I was really thinking about it, but I hadn't. So I mentioned with these, some of these I haven't seen in a long time, uh-huh. and I feel kind of weird talking about them. Um, L.A. Confidential, 
I remember I've seen it a bunch of times. I just don't remember it well enough to talk about it very well. Oh, okay. Uh, That's okay. I picked it in my intro, so there you go. Okay, well, I can't wait to hear what you have to say about it to remind me. Awesome. Maybe I'll see it again. There you go. All right. So those although, are all... actually, yeah. Although actually, Paris, Texas is the one that I'm going to see again after having reviewed my list for this podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, and I recommend that you see it as well. Yeah, definitely. And I, maybe it was, maybe you didn't mention. Maybe it was Galen. Galen might have talked about it when I was talked to him about the, this topic. So that might be. I definitely want to check it out because I just I was doing some quick searches on it and it definitely looks right up my alley. So, all right, thanks as always, Malin. Thank you, Brian. All right, we're back with Danielle. Welcome back. <laughs> so, what's your name? No, I'm I'm thinking about the voice thing that you said. What like, voice? Is my voice good? <laughs> So before we started interviewing her, we're going to get this way. She wanted to have, she had gum in her mouth. She had a uh, Hall's mentholiptus. She had all sorts of things going on. <laughs> and so for the listening audience, I didn't think that would be good. So oh. anyway, <laughs> welcome back to the podcast. Thank you. So for this week's episode, we're going to talk about your favorite movies where yes. the city name is in the title of the movie. Yes. So this is kind of a fun way to wap, wap, wrap up our trilogy of cities. So we covered San Francisco, oh, New York, true. and Chicago, and this is going to be the end. Okay. So usually you have a list of top six. Yeah. You had to be difficult this week, of and you're going to do a top seven, which yes. is totally fine. Yes. No six and a half. Actually, it was super hard to pick. Was it? Because mostly I saw a long time ago, I think all of them I saw a while ago, mm-hmm. and I I was looking, you know, through the movies, and I was like, I never saw this one. That, oh, I did, actually, I remember. Yeah, but, did, but they have to be your favorite. Yes, yeah. those are like my favorite. And I saw a list, and some of them are there, and I was like, huh, no, I don't like it, you know. Sure, you, you whittle it down. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah, okay. because there's so many that I watch, and it's like, no, it's stupid. No, I'm not picking this or that. That's right. Well, initially, when I talked to you earlier, you only had four, and of course, you had to at least get till six because you don't do anything conventionally. Of so. course. Okay, so let's do number seven. Number seven. <laughs> What's this? It is the Manhattan Project. The Manhattan Project. Manhattan Project. Yes. See, even with the, without the, <laughs> the pause, I cannot speak. Of that's it. okay. Anyway, so, so maybe actually, let's put the hole back in your mouth. Maybe you can say Manhattan. Maybe we'll be back. We'll try that next time. Um, so yeah, did you watch it? Ed? I believe I have. It came out, in, I think, what, nineteen eighty-six? Yeah, whoa. Was that yeah, right? Yeah. Okay. Yes. Then I have seen it. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So it is, it is cool. It's an eighties movie. Of course, it's very like eighties. Let's say. Yeah. And. Um, I like that because it was like not inspired, but kind of on the real Manhattan Project yes. on the Second World War. So uh, I totally remember John Lithgow in this. I don't know who is he, but <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, I remember He's the main him character. Too. And actually, so Cynthia Nixon is the the main uh, female character, and she's in Sex and the City. But you could see yeah. her as a teenager. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, it was it was an entertaining movie, yeah. and I like it because you know the uh, all this kind of scientific part of it. Yeah, but you, <laughs> but I was you I was super young when I watched yeah. it, and but it's still always hooked by that. You know all the. Uh, so I'm trying to remember. It was, it was a nuclear power plant. Yes, okay. the scientists 
the guy that you just yes, said, John he Lucan, finds yeah. a way to refine plutonium, and that's right. They're like, oh, you're gonna hear, you're gonna win the Nobel Prize if you say Nobel Prize to a scientist. They go crazy. The so, ultimate, yeah. yeah. So he move. They move. Uh, the government move him. Moves him to a city with a lab that they pretend is something else, and then he gets. He started dating this woman that That's has right. a boy who yeah. is a very smart boy. And, and he's trying to impress the kids. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But the kids like catch, there's some plants growing that is not supposed to grow there. Right. So, and then goes, and then, you know, the idea is good, but then goes to a regular mode. Sure. Like, oh, I'm going to invade the, the lab. Nothing's yeah. going to happen. There's this romance part, sure. you know, the girls. Oh, but it is an entertaining movie. Yeah. It's cool. Yeah. That's a good one. I'm glad you mentioned that because I totally forgot about it. Oh, yeah. That's <laughs> a good one. I love 80s movies. Okay. So. This one, you're not going to like it. Number because six. You cannot say that it's not valid because it is. Okay. Rio. The no, that's totally, valid. that's totally valid. It's a it's city. A I, didn't, I didn't say U.S. cities. I uh, said cities. Oh, okay. So you can go crazy. So, but it's a cartoon. So this so. means a lot to you. Uh, no, really. But Well, you're from Rio. <laughs> And <laughs> but it's a cartoon. Uh, there is a blame on Rio, I guess. I oh, I remember like that, that with Demi Moore. Yeah. Yes, I didn't like that one too much. Yeah. But Rio was cute. You know, there's Rio too that was a disaster. Mm -hmm. But Rio, the first two was Depp, right? cute. No, I don't know. I you know my memory. I can't remember. <laughs> American actors, I cannot memorize the name. <laughs> but. It is a cute cartoon, and you know they kind of went spot on on mm -hmm. the uh, the places like you can see where I used to live, Copacabana, right there mm -hmm. on the beach. You know, a little few years earlier you could see like dance on a carnival <laughs> like in the cartoon. Oh boy! <laughs> so <laughs> it is cute. There is the slums, slums. How they say? So slums, but slums. It's, it's, yeah. Yeah. So you know they portrayed that. Mm -hmm. as well and the movie's cute the fun thing about i took my so my daughter was born in brazil in rio right mm -hmm. so i took her to the movies to watch to the movie theater to watch so we we're sitting there and she was younger than she's now she's yeah, this came out in 2011. i know so she just screamed oh, i was born there in the middle of the movie <laughs> once you saw like the the christ sure you know? so she was like I was born in there, I'm for real. Very loud. And everyone's turning around. And, yeah. yeah, but it is cute. And um, So Anne Hathaway's in it, or the voice of, and uh, the Jamie, Jamie Foxx and Jesse Eisenberg and oh, Will I Am. So there's a lot of uh, very well-known people in yeah. it. Yeah. So the one I was thinking, that I think it started with a J. Johnny Depp was the voice of like a lizard or something like that. Uh, for the movie? For, yeah, it was like a uh, cartoon. For this movie, I have no, no idea. No, I don't know, but that's what I was thinking of. Earlier. Okay. So that's a, that's a good pick. I haven't seen it, so that's a good one. Yeah. <laughs> and it means something. So what's your number five? My number five is, can I say it correctly this time? Let's see. Manhattan. <laughs> oh, it's just called Manhattan? Yeah. The Woody Allen movie. Yeah. yeah. So this one's particular. Well, Woody Allen is the same movie as ours, right? It doesn't change as much. He plays pretty much the same much. thing. Yeah. So, but this one, the book and the lesbian wife was like, Amazing, like the, the, the details that she, <laughs> she would write in the book, he would be all pissed about it. Mm -hmm. So it is a well, I love Woody Allen, so I've seen so I'm trying to remember. So his wife is Meryl Streep, yes, okay, and then the one he likes is Marilyn Hemingway, yes, the younger one, yes, yeah, and so, his best friend's Diane Keaton, 
Yes. Yeah. So it's a it's, it's cute. It's a yeah. cute movie and it's uh, it's funny. Like, of course, he's amazing. Mm -hmm. So, but I, I'll never forget the book part. And this was something new. I mean, at least for him, and his movie, like how pissed he was. <laughs> his ex wife. Yeah. So yes, this is my number. I need to go back and rewatch that one because it's so often touted as one of his better ones. Exactly. I need to go back and watch all the other movies yeah. because I forgot and yeah. they really. Well, it's been a while that I don't watch his movies. Well, definitely Annie Hall. I think that's that's one of the best and and yeah. take the money and run. And you probably like Canada and Take sisters. the money and run. Yeah, it's really funny. <laughs> so yeah. number four mm -hmm. is City of God. It is. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> this is where you're cheating. No, no, no. This, uh, this so city. So the city's called God? In Portuguese, it is Cidade de Deus. Deus is God. It, it is a place. It is a city. So the, okay. Called God. No. It's City of God. So when you translate, it's the name of the city. Okay. So you, oh, you oh, guys. Oh, okay. Got it. So like New York City, City of God. Yes, you guys it. translated like exactly word by word the mm -hmm. name of the city. So I'm not cheating. I even like, oh, did I do this, this wrong? Like, you, you and Malin are very similar when you, you stretch the of boundaries. Of course, Malin, I we, I you know, know. We, yeah, we're good at that. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yes, okay, so what is this about? It is about it. The the thing is, I could never watch the movie like entirely okay. it's so raw i say raw it's like it's so real shocking for me because okay. it's from it's not from my city city because you know rio it, but there's the state rio and the states like the same name mm -hmm. so i'm from the state of rio and you know we have a lot of cities and one of the cities is city of god and it is uh islam, islam mm -hmm. and is i think the movie started on the 60s because there's some action there and the this place was just like it start to be built and then it jumps to the 80s i believe i think the story runs in the 80s and you can see how and how everything went from the cities to the uh, 80s like how bad it became mm -hmm. you have drugs you have violence you have everything and it portrays like um a boy who i i believe he's a gang member but it, it, the thing that it traumatized the most is like how raw he is like he steals something the the drug dealer come and shoot him on his hand i mean that is not our reality it's no. not our law do you understand right. so when i started watching that i was like oh my god that is too it was too much for me so mm. i watched you know snippets of the movie but i know people who watch it mm -hmm. even from here they say oh, you're from brazil Rio. oh my god i watched city of god it's yeah. like oh here we go. i'm not from there i'm not <laughs> you don't need to hide your wallet <laughs> so this is, this is from 2002 yes okay so this is my number four all right that's everyone should go on so it's uh is it which language was it originally in I think there's subtitles. It's in Portuguese, it's in but there's okay. uh, subtitles Got about it. it. Number three. Number three. Did I do this right? Wait. Here we I, go. I have my little. <laughs> so, so number half? three and number two are very like close to each. They're literally <laughs> stuck like, on each other. I know. So number three, it is a uh, king in New York. The king in New a uh, king in New York. Just <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> 
A king in New York. Yes, it's from 1957. Okay. It's Charlie Chaplin, and ah. I love Charlie Chaplin. So and one of his few non-silent films. I think it's the last movie he did, or kind of like that. Probably, because... Yes. Yeah, yeah. And did you ever watch? Did you hear about it? You know, I might have missed this one. I've seen all of his silent films, and I've seen... Uh, I think it was the Great Dictator. Things yes. Like, yeah. So it's kind of you have some some things from the Great Dictator. Yeah. In this movie, mm -hmm. uh, it is like he's this king of this European place, like very small uh, place, and he got this like when you lose your crown. How do you say the post this? <laughs> <laughs> So, so he's no longer in power? Yes, okay, yeah. you know, he was forced to leave the power. Got it. So he comes to New York and he finds out, like, all his um, money. He doesn't have anything. So he's broke. So, and he's on this luxurious hotel and there is, like, uh, he starts doing ads for TV and okay. stuff. And there are a lot of uh, snarky, you know, ideas because he's, like... It's his way to do the sure. movie, like the great dictator, yeah. like he makes fun of He's very dictator. sharp. Yeah. Yes. So there's like, he goes to the movie theater here. It's the first thing that he does, I believe. And there's like this idiot movies. Mm -hmm. like, uh, he goes to a rock concert, actually. There's all this teenager, you know, bounce the head. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so he makes a sat satire. I don't know. It's on. a satire. Yes. About that. And he meets this little boy who the parents are like um, in jail because they're communists. So there's all these uh, political things because that's Charlie Chaplin, yeah. so he's always criticizing stuff. So there's all these speeches about freedom and, you know, freedom and <laughs> human rights. Mm -hmm. And so he helps the little boy and, you know, like, it go I think he goes back to, the, to Europe at mm -hmm. the end, but he goes like, the superhero who helped the American. Do you understand? Right, right. So, <laughs> but it is. I mean, uh, I forgot. I forgot about this movie. And I look. I was looking at the website. I was like, Oh my God! Of course, Charlie Chaplin. Yeah. So, well, this is a. This was a rough period for him because this is during the, the Red Scares they called it in the U.S. Yes, where yes. he was. Be, you know, people were being labeled as communists, and so he was one of those. On, yes, on that yes. List. And so he. I think he basically left the U.S. and lived in, in the U.K. because yes, he didn't so want to deal with that. That was yeah. the movie about it. Exactly. So it's very well. It it was his way mm -hmm. to the movie. No, he was very uh, witty and sharp about yes. doing things like that. So there you go. That's a good one. Nobody's picked. Actually, no one's picked any of yours yet. So oh, good job. This one they will pick. Number two. Like my my two. These and number one. I'm we'll sure. See. So number two, which was very close to number to three. King of New York. And uh, you may laugh. People may laugh because some people really don't like. It. I like the movie. Is Gangs of New York. Nobody's picked that yet, so, um, but, I, but I can see that. I, I really like it. No, yet. I don't know if I've even seen it all the way through. It's a long movie. I, I watch it, okay. the whole movie, and I was, I like it. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's very violent. It's very violent. <laughs> it is very violent. It's, it's about how it was at that time. Mm -hmm. It's inspired in the book. It's a nonfiction book from mm -hmm. 19, I don't know where, the book. Yeah. But it's inspired on this non-fictional book, and it is um, Daniel Day-Lewis, and I love him. He's so this is your fourth New York movie out of six. Out really? Of six. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. That's all right. <laughs> so, 
and Leonardo DiCaprio is on it. Mm -hmm. People don't like Leonardo DiCaprio. I don't care. I mean, for me, he's good enough. I yes. On this movie especially, he was good. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, Daniel Day-Lewis, he is like the butcher, I believe. The butcher. Like, butcher. So, <laughs> so he kills um, Leonardo DiCaprio, uh, Amsterdam, because he comes back as Amsterdam. Mm -hmm. Dad, and then uh, when he comes back, I don't know, 16 years later, he wants revenge, of course. Right. And the whole thing starts like he has his gang, and then there's the, many other. But he starts like being friends with. These what year gang. was this, by the way? Is this the 1800s? Yeah. Okay. No, no. Yes, yes, 19th century. Yes. Okay. Got it. So, so there's the movie is huge, but it's very well done, mm -hmm. and the story to imagine that it was real, not that story, mm -hmm. but it was inspired at least. It is impressive. It's Scorsese, like, right? Huh? Is this a Martin Scorsese movie? No, that, that I don't. Are you asking too much? Come on. <laughs> I thought you did your research. Let's see. I'm going to confirm. I'm almost so positive. So the, the um, yes, it's set on 1964. Mm -hmm. So. It is. It's a Scorsese movie. Oh, really? Because yeah. it's Herbert, Herbert Osborne's book. I, okay. I, I probably said all wrong the name. So let's pretend I know. <laughs> I'll spice it all in. So, yes. My number, number two. two. All right. So what is number one? So I'm sure a bunch of people got we'll it. We'll see. It is my type of movie in a way. So it's uh, Philadelphia. Oh, nobody's picked it yet. But I mean, it's a brilliant movie. And um, I love that movie. Yeah. I I mean, Tom Hanks was brilliant. Mm -hmm. I cried oh, yeah. so much to watch that movie. I couldn't stop crying. Yeah. It was like the whole movie from the beginning to the end. I was crying. Yeah. And it was the song. Come on, you you hear the that Bruce song? Yeah. You know the you know like you hear the song. You remember the movie. And if you watch the movie, you're waiting for the song. So it's, I think it's Streets of Philadelphia. Streets of Philadelphia. And then the Washington is great. Oh, it's great. And I mean, uh, yeah. yeah. And it showed the whole like I think it was kind of the beginning yeah. of the whole. HFA, HIV thing, mm -hmm. and people didn't want to touch it, right. who, you know, had the disease and the virus, and uh, it was all portrayed in the movie, yep. and um, the, you know, the whole, like, the the marks on the body and sure. everything, and how he was laid off, you know, like, they, they create an excuse to, of course. to do it. Well, it was, back then, it was a death sentence. There was no cure. Of course. And that was it. So. And people, you know, look like, mm -hmm. oh, it's contagious right. and things like that. So the, the movie is so touching. Mm -hmm. And when I, because when you said, like, it's a city, I knew that this one, one would be my number one. Like, there is no... Uh, questions about yeah. it. I love well, it. it also started the run of his Oscar streak. So he oh, really? won in that was the first one he won. Oh, really? Ninety four, he won for Forrest Gump, and I believe the next year he won for Apollo thirteen, or was it Apollo thirteen or I Apollo eleven? No I don't. I can't remember. So I believe he won three in a row. And, oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. So I think uh, Antonio Banderas is his boyfriend on the okay. movies, Miguel. I, it's I'm been a long not, time since I've seen I'm it. I'm not yeah. sure. Yeah, so I'm going to watch. I'm going to try to watch it tonight. <laughs> oh, man. What, 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 what. <laughs> no, I really, I, I really, I always like, I'm doing something. This move comes in my mind. Oh, I need to, I want to watch it again. So I'm we did an episode like one and done, and I, that might be kind of like a one and done because it is really emotional. It's really sad. It Brilliant is. movie, but it's not something I really want to watch over and over again because it is so... Oh, really? Sad, no, yeah. I would. It's been 
forever that I don't watch. Yeah. Like many years ago, they were watched the first time. So yes, I want to watch and watching the clips because I was writing mm -hmm. the, the list. I was like, oh, I'm going to watch this song. And I was like, oh, I need to watch this movie. <laughs> yeah. well, that's what this podcast is all about. So if you haven't seen this movie, definitely check it out. And if you, if you haven't seen it in a long time, people should check it out. All right. As always, great job, Danielle. <laughs> If you enjoy this podcast and are an iTunes user, please do the show a favor and head on over to the official iTunes page for damn good movie memories. Be sure to leave a rating and a review. This will allow the show to appear higher in the algorithm and spread the joy of this podcast to the masses. If you are not an iTunes user, you can still listen and subscribe on Podbean at damngoodmoviememories.podbean.com. Be sure to like us on Facebook under our Damn Good Movie Memories page. You can also listen to a limited number of episodes on YouTube. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode and be sure to tune in next week for an all new episode of Damn Good Movie Memories. 